You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. We're broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota today. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi along with Father, uh, what is it again? Uh, Anthony Craig. That's right. Yes. It's, it's still me. It's still you. It's You're still, still here. And uh, we have uh, our second hour still ahead, and we're going to hear some uh, some interesting stories, I think, with uh, one of our one of your brother priests, one of our fathers from the Diocese of Duluth. Father Anthony, why don't you introduce our next guest? Well, our next guest is Father Steve Laflamme. Father Steve is um, pastor there in Two Harbors and Silver Bay. Um, thanks, Father Steve, for coming and being on the air with us today. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, brother. Oh, that's right. We had that, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still enjoying it. Still enjoying it. Where are you right now? Where, where are you calling from, Father? I'm at my in my office at uh, at Holy Spirit in Two Harbors, uh, ah. and of course, as you mentioned, I also have uh, 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 the parish of St. Mary's in Silver Bay as well. So the two um, two parishes on the north, the southern side of the North Shore. Yes. Oh, very precise there. Holy Spirit is celebrating <laughs> its uh, hundred year anniversary. Is that right? That is, uh, it's the hundred year anniversary of this current church building. So oh. the parish, uh, as as a parish, is older than a hundred years. Actually, um, it was uh, it was founded uh, in 1898, um, but the current building that we're in will be celebrating a hundred years since the first mass uh, this year. Actually, um, this upcoming Christmas. So so the first mass. Mm. Um, was Christmas Eve Midnight Mass on uh, December 25th, 1921. Uh, and so it'll be 100 years to the day uh, this upcoming Christmas. So we're doing some celebrations uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Is Was the original uh, church building, was it on the same site? or No, it was a, a few blocks down from where mm-hmm. the current church is here now. So actually what happened was it was a, a very small mission uh, that uh, has a, a deep connection to uh, Monsignor Joseph Boo, uh, who uh, many people in the Diocese of Duluth are familiar with. He's kind of a, a patriarchal figure for our diocese um, as far as ministry, especially to, um, uh, to immigrants and to others along the range. And so uh, how things kind of first got started was... Um, he had the parish in Tower, Minnesota, and the railroad ran from Tower uh, to Two Harbors for iron ore. And so because of that, he could take the train uh, down to Two Harbors. So he would come uh, once a month to celebrate Mass. Um, and as the parish uh, kind of grew in size and more and more Catholic families moved in, then they, they built first a wooden, a wooden church a few blocks from where the current church stands. Uh, and that was... Uh, that was Begun on uh, in 1889 and finished in 1890, um, and uh, they were there until uh, in 1919. Uh, the bishop asked the pastor at that time was Father Timothy Culligan to build a new church, uh, and so that's uh, that started the construction of the current building that we are uh, using as our spiritual home here on Third uh, Avenue and Third Street. Father. 
Tim Culligan man. He was the man. <laughs> mm. Two years it took him to build it. That was it? Well, no. Uh, actually, what happened was, so the superstructure was finished. Uh, the interior uh, decoration took, uh, took quite a bit of time um, because uh, expenses exceeded expectations. Um, and, uh, and so uh, what happened was um, he, uh, he soon left and was reassigned, and uh, Father Zerilli came in. Um, and he kind of took over the reins of trying to free the parish from debt. And so uh, to get the parish to the interior decoration uh, that became kind of uh, what, it, what it would be its, its permanent um, fixture didn't happen until about 1930. So it took about 10 years for them to finish decorating the interior of the church to pay off the debt. Um, <laughs> And uh, and Father Zerilli was 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 uh, was quite a guy from everything that I've read. Quite a priest. Um, I, I read one story that uh, you know, in order to save money, he did a lot of different things. Um, you know, to try to bring the parish out of debt from from having to build this uh, new church. And for example, one of the parishioners at that time talked about how uh, he would come and turn on the thermostat for the furnace. Uh, right before Mass, and that sometimes there'd be a little layer of ice uh, in the holy water font oh. <laughs> because it was so cold in the church. So, mm. so yeah. So Gives me an idea. Trying to, <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring the parish out of debt is, is oftentimes a difficult thing. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> that is a... That is an awakening, you know. When you bless yourself with that holy water, you're you're awake. You're yeah. <laughs> you feel the Holy Spirit right there. <laughs> a little bit of a shock. Yeah. <laughs> Father Steve and I were in seminary together. I remember St. John Vianney. Do you remember Father Bill Bear? Father Steve, he would turn the chapel down to like 55 degrees, and it would stay that way no matter what the outdoor temperatures were or anything. So it was. It was, the temperature would rise with all of us in the chapel, but it was there so that none of us would fall asleep mm-hmm. in the chapel <laughs> for our holy hour. Because <laughs> every once yeah. in a while you'd hear, you know, a book drop because somebody right. was falling somebody asleep. Somebody fell asleep. <laughs> yes. And then that person would always kind of look around and act to see who done it. Who done it? Who was it? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the, the look of the shame? Face? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> so the. Um, uh, what 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 was uh, finished in 1930? Is that what you said, Father? Yes, approximately. What, the, yeah. Yeah, roughly in that in that area, you know, as far as the the interior looks of the church, are they still uh, present today, or have 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 more uh, changes been made? Oh well, yeah, significant changes came down the road. So uh, the interior, we have pictures of what the interior church looked like. It was very much kind of a Gothic structure mm-hmm. uh, with a beautiful high altar um, and uh, stencil work. Um, paintings on the ceilings and side altars. Um, the church itself uh, has beautiful rafters mm-hmm. um, and um, and beautiful, um, uh, just as we would say, bones, stark architectural bones to the church. It's kind of a triptych form in the front. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, the sanctuary has, the entrance to the sanctuary has a large arch, and then there's two smaller arches on, on either side that where Mary's altar would have been and St. Joseph's altar would have been. Um, and uh, we do have some surviving pictures uh, because we have a, a parish directory from 1940 uh, when they were celebrating uh, uh, 20 years uh, or so. And um, 
Uh, all of that changed, actually, in 1958. Um, and so, you know, we've all of us have probably heard stories of, of the interiors of churches changing mm-hmm. um, after the Second Vatican Council. This was actually before the Second Vatican Council, which didn't begin until 1962. Um, but... Um, y- y- it's it's been difficult uh, as a as the pastor here to f- to really figure out exactly what happened, mm-hmm. other than that was there was a massive change. So the high altar was taken out, the side altars were taken out, um, and over time, uh, it became more of um, a simpler approach of uh, white uh, paint for the most part on the on the walls. The back wall of the sanctuary. Um, went through several different color changes over the years, which we've discovered as, as we've worked on it. And mm-hmm. so um, there was a, a kind of an ocean teal at one point, and then uh, uh, kind of a gold yellow, and then the most recent uh, rendition that I think uh, most Christians are probably most familiar with is is kind of different stripes of uh, different shades of kind of rose and pink and flesh tones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Church has gone through several renovations uh, and several decorative changes over the years uh, leading up to the project that we undertook uh, over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so is is your your goal to sort of restore it to those uh, old photos, uh, you know, or as close as you can, or, or what? Well, not exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, what, what motivated the, the, the project, most of all, was uh, need for repair. So the interior of the church mm-hmm. simply needed a lot of, of a lot of work. Um, so the paint was starting to peel and, and crack and come off the walls. Um, and, uh, you know, it had been many years since the church had been painted on the interior, as far as I could tell from talking to parishioners. It had been 25, 30 years since it had been painted. Um, so there were signs of wear, uh, signs of patching of cracks in the plaster, um, and at that time, when I came here, um, there was uh, carpet throughout the aisle work, you know, the aisles uh, and the um, the sanctuary, and then kind of uh, what you would expect of late 50s, early 60s, uh, nine-inch by nine-inch tile work under the pews, um, which a lot of our churches have. Um, and both of those were in pretty rough shape, so the carpet had places where it was uh, torn, uh, a little bit, uh, and places where it was wrinkled, uh, you know, where it had kind of come loose, and some of the tiles were starting to come loose. And so over my first couple of years here, you know, we started talking about what are we going to do, you know, to, to fix this, because uh, you can't have paint peeling off the walls, and, and uh, there was the need was, was pretty obvious uh, to, to all of the parishioners. Um, so we started by having um, a couple of town hall meetings, basically, where I invited the parishioners to come and talk about options of what we would like to do. Um, this was in the summer of 2018, and, um, uh, you know, we talked about just doing a simple paint over, you know, just putting on a new layer of paint um, and new carpet in, or, you know, whether we wanted to look a little bit bigger, you know, dream a little bit bigger, uh, and use this as an opportunity not only to do repair, but also to restore some of its uh, kind of its original beauty to the church. Mm-hmm. Wow! I'm, uh, I'm as you're talking, Father. I'm on your website looking at the pictures uh, at, of the of the uh, process and, and of the you know of the the idea for uh, you know for where you want to go and 
And uh, it's really beautiful. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Maybe we should just take a little break at this point, though, and uh, um, regroup, and then we'll we'll come back and get into a little bit more about the the history of the of the parish and uh, and what what has been what has been going on. So, we'll be right back. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Anthony Craig, broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota, on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Bo Brown from the Diocese of Duluth. A lot of times us as, as Catholics, we we struggle with the Holy Spirit because the, the Father is so approachable. He has a name that's very... Uh, that we all know, right, that we can relate to, and the Son as well. And when we get the Holy Spirit, oftentimes He can take this, this kind of back seat in our relationship with God. And we see early on in the, in the book of Acts and uh, in the disciples in the early life of the church, we see how they live with the Holy Spirit and they express to us what it's like to live with Him and how He both sanctifies what they do and their ministry and gives them special gifts and also how He sanctifies their own lives. And they talk about how the Spirit brings uh, certain effects in their life, like joy and peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. So I think it's good for us to think about today. What's our relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Is He a real person in our lives? We have the same kind of relationship with Him that we have with the Father and the Son. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And Real Presence Live is coming to you live from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota, where we have a gray, rainy, perfect day. Uh, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. We've got Father Anthony Craig, our pastor. We're both uh, assigned here at, uh, at St. Joseph Church in, in Crosby, as well as uh, Our Lady of Fatima in Garrison. And we are pleased to have Father Steve Laflamme with us uh, to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Holy Spirit Church in Two Harbors and what's been going on there. Father, again, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you've been uh, the pastor for how long at, at uh, Holy Spirit? Well, God willing, it'll be six years this summer already, which mm-hmm. has been gone by quick uh, mm-hmm. where I've been here and, and in, at St. Mary's in Silver Bay as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's been just a blessing. I've enjoyed it so much. Hopefully the people have enjoyed having me as much as I've enjoyed being here. So 
<laughs> well, it sounds like uh, they're they certainly um, um, gathering together uh, to work on on this project uh, in some some decent unity here, and we'll get to that. But first, what have you what have you heard about uh, the the stories of of the parish and the parishioners uh, over the over the past hundred years? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, there's you know there's a lot of stories, uh, and, and a lot of them come from. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit here has been has been pretty good, as a lot of parishes do, of kind of keeping their own historical record, especially on anniversaries. Um, you know, I think one of my favorite stories <laughs> uh, goes back to uh, the time when Monsignor John Zerilli was here. I mentioned him earlier. They needed to expand the basement of the church. Uh, they wanted to make room for uh, kitchen and, a, and and other things, but the the superstructure, of course, the church was already built above. Um, and, you know, the church here is built right into the ledge rock of Lake Superior. Mm. Um, and so they had to blast. Um, oh. And uh, so they blasted in the basement with the church already standing oh above. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and uh, the, the parishioners did it, and the men who, who helped with it had to uh, sign a release, you know, basically saying, if something should happen to me, <laughs> I and mean, we have a copy of one of those releases, if something should happen to me in this process, I won't hold the church responsible kind of a thing. But, wow. uh, uh, yeah, different time. <laughs> uh, but uh, Father Zerilli was proud of the fact that they did over 200 uh, small blasts of rock, uh, and uh, there wasn't a single crack in the plaster of the church above. So, My goodness. Um, you know, uh, one of the other stories that I think I've heard uh, that is really a little bit more somber but touching is uh, one of the many families that has been very generous uh, in our parish. We have a lot of generous families. Has been the Dwan family, uh, and Henry Dwan was a longtime trustee uh, and a member of the parish here, and um, uh, well loved. And uh, that he actually passed uh, from this life uh, to eternal life, um, suffering uh, what we think was probably a heart attack uh, right on the church steps, coming to pray, uh, and so. Uh, a somber memory, but a beautiful one too. What a what a way to go home to the Lord, you know, entering into His church. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of a couple of stories. There's, of course, so many more as there is at every parish, uh, you know, of the history of God's people. So, yeah. Well, those are fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. But I mean, very fitting too. Henry Duan going into the the presence of the Lord. I mean. He was physically going, but then, and then he goes into going and yeah, right. wow, yeah. Right. beautiful, wow, that's neat. So uh, now, what? Uh, I'm, I'm also looking at the uh, on your website of the. Uh, you know, I looked at the past. I looked at what's kind of the work that's being done right now, and I'm looking at the, mm-hmm. the vision as as to what uh, you you anticipate this to to look like when it's finished. But right now is is the point where. Um, I think you've got some some brand new interesting stories that uh, are going to be very important for future generations at Holy Spirit to know and and uh, just kind of what is what goes into um, you know updating and improving a church and, and creating a, a sacred space and you want you want to share some stories about that? I'd love to. So one of the things I've been most impressed about as pastor is um, you know just how much the people of this parish have stepped up. Uh, not only financially, of course, which is huge to make this parish a restoration project that we've been calling it um, a reality, and it is pretty much finished at this point. 
uh, with some minor detail work that needs to be done. But for the most part, it's finished. We had our first Mass back upstairs in the church mm. for Holy Thursday. Um, and so, uh, but uh, what I've been impressed by is not only their financial generosity, which has been incredible, especially for a small parish. Um, that's something that's shared by the parish that I have in Silver Bay. People of the North Shore are just very generous people. Um, has been hard work that they've put into it. So many of the parts and pieces of this project have come through the literally through the hands of the parishioners. So the first the first phase was to restore to to replace the floor. Um, unfortunately, the tile that was under the under the carpet and under the pews as was the case in those days, was tile that had asbestos in it. Mm. Um, so we had to do the formal abatement process and all of that. So parishioners uh, physically carried the pews out of the church, put them in storage. Um, and then, of course, we had a professional company come in to take up the tile once that was all clean. Then um, the floor that the parishioners had chosen was an epoxy uh, that, that, that looks like stone, looks like marble very closely, but actually is very... Uh, using strong epoxy flooring, and um, that company, uh, Northern Elite Epoxy, that did that flooring for us uh, is are, made, uh, are owned by parishioners. Mm. Um, and to prepare that, we had to lay down two layers of plywood um, throughout the entire church. Mm. And wow. so for about a week, um, we had parishioners on their hands and knees uh, nailing down sheets of plywood. And so uh, we like to say there's that there's a, a lot of sweat uh, and <laughs> and also a little bit of perhaps a little bit of blood mixed uh, into the floor from from missed uh, hammering and uh, and uh, and punching in nails. So yeah. um, and then you know that was the first phase. So we, we completed that uh, in the winter of 2019, and then we needed to fundraise for the second phase, which was basically the walls, the ceiling, the restoration of everything else. Um, and the beautiful thing is, is that the high altar that we now have in place came from another parish. So it was from a parish that had closed, uh, the church had closed, um, St. John's Church in, um, in Virginia. And uh, they were looking for a new home for the high altar, uh, the old high altar of that church. And we were uh, happy to uh, work with them to bring that to Holy Spirit here. Um, and so uh, one of our parishioners who is, uh, has great carpent- carpentry skills, uh, actually constructed matching side altars. Um, and so uh, those side altars that are there, there now have been made by one of our parishioners. Um, and some of the painting, uh, for example, there's a, an angel on each of the rafters that has been repainted to be a little bit more lifelike before they were all one color was done by a couple of our young people in the parish, one of our families. Uh, mm. They climbed up on the scaffolding with the permission of the, of the, um, of the restoration company and, uh, and painted the angels. So, uh, and there's lots of examples of that, uh, of people, um, parishioners being involved, whether it's cleaning, whether it's, like I said, the financial part, whether it's um, uh, some of the demolition that happened, had to happen uh, to make this possible. I've just been overwhelmed to see the response uh so it's been it's been really neat it's not something that we just you know brought in the professionals to just take care of it all it's been something that's been a, a joint effort between you know obviously professional work of restoration but also our parishioners having a significant hand in it as well boy that's that's got to make you feel really really good uh as a pastor father to, just to see the people well, working together and 
Absolutely, and uh, I mean, I I've been I've been very proud of of both of these parishes that I've been entrusted with uh, since I've been here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and uh, to see this this restoration project kind of coming to fruition now um, to restore some of not only to fix and repair what needed to be repaired, but to take the opportunity to restore some of the original beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of make the architectural beauty beauty that already existed and was already there really mm-hmm. shine, um, whether it was stained glass windows or whatever it may be, uh, it's been really beautiful to see that happen. And it's really been, you know, the parishioners, and I also have to say my staff, my parish staff, has been excellent. Um, they've been so helpful to me because, you know, as you know, as I said, I, I have multiple jobs. Uh, you know, I'm also the pastor of the parish up in Silver Bay uh, and have jobs at the diocese. So there's just no way I would have been able to do this, you know, without their incredible incredible help. Um, so my parish staff has done a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work um, to, to make this happen, too. So it's been a, a family effort, so to say. You've got uh, an event coming up. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're on Pentecost, which is our uh, patronal feast day, Holy Spirit Church. Mm-hmm. Um, during this year of our 100th anniversary, we're having an open house um, where anybody can come. Uh, we're, uh, you know, it's an opportunity for either past parishioners, past pastors who have been pastors here at the church, anybody, to come and see the new renovations. Uh, we're going to have some parishioners giving tours. Uh, we have some very kind of nice historical pieces um, there's going to be uh, a presentation of uh, music from our historic pipe organ that we have here at the church. Mm. It's a free event. We'll have cake and coffee available. Um, you know, people can just kind of walk through and look at everything, um, stories from the past, etc. And it's uh, May 23rd from 1230 to 2.30 in the afternoon. And if you want more information, you can go to our parish website, holyspirit2harbors.org. Um, about that. So we're excited about that. And then later in the fall, um, we're just starting to put plans in place for a kind of a, a, a party or a celebration just for our parish, for the parishioners who have, who have, uh, who have put so much hard work into this, uh, into this project. So, Well, Father Steve, thank you so much for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning. We really appreciate it. Wish you uh, uh, the very best in, in the future in your, in your parish there and in your other parish and your other work. And if folks want to see uh, more information on this, they can visit HolySpirit2Harbors.org. Am I correct? Thank you for having me on this morning. Yeah, okay, very good. Thank you very much, Father. You have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. All All right, brother. It's Father Steve LaFlam. We'll be right back uh, with uh, more Real Presence Live as we're broadcasting from St. Joseph Church in Crosby, Minnesota. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, and that is Father uh, Anthony Craig. Yes. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.